When should you actually move out of the basement? I've been paying for my housing since I was 19 years old, and it did teach me a ton of independence. 50% of people who make 150 dollars to $200,000 a year are literally living paycheck to paycheck. Don't make it so expensive to find out what you don't want to do. Yeah. If you're really nervous about going out into the marketplace and not sure how you can afford, have that conversation with your parents. Financial literacy is going to make a big comeback with millennials and Gen Z. Welcome back to Millennia, the no BS real estate solutions for millennials, entertaining you while facing real life issues and giving you the tools, resources, and know-how to keep you moving up towards your housing goals. We're your hosts, Jen Anusky and Seth Lejeune, coming out of the greater Philadelphia area, and we are Millennia. Forget about all those people out there. Forget about it. Forget about those people out there, Jen. They're not here. They're not here. We're just having a conversation about our favorite pastime and our income source, which is real estate. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. Welcome back. Money up. Yeah. Last two weeks, we've been talking about something near and dear to your heart, and this is something I want to talk about, which is near and dear to your heart. You let me have mine, I'll let you have yours. I have a lot of experience talking to younger people, especially as they decide to enter into the home buying stage. Cool, same. But I also mentor a lot of younger people who work for another company that I'm affiliated with. It's hospitality, lots of 21 to 27 year olds, Mm -hmm. lots of people going through college, coming out of college, that Gen Z, that like first part of Gen Z. I think Gen Zs are like 20. They're getting old. They are getting old. I think that they're like 20, 28 now. You're a young millennial and I'm like the youngest Gen Xer. Yeah, I'm like an elder millennial. They might be like 26, 27. If you're a Gen Zer and you're on the upper end, just let us know how old you are. Yeah. Because no, my cousin's, oh no, he might be. Yeah. He's 28. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, you know, that first wave of Gen Zers are getting shit on the same way that millennials got shit on, which is for living in the parents' basement. I've got to say, so I just saw a uh, a reel on Instagram of some Gen Zer popping off and telling on the other generation about how they left them screwed. Uh-huh. And it's lit- I think they didn't specifically say, hey, I almost thought they were talking to millennials. And I was like, ah, da, 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 da. but then like, hey, I was like, they're talking to the Gen Xers and they're saying everything that us millennials have been saying. And man, it just felt like I could get my popcorn, sit back and just watch them go. That's and right. I was like, you tell them. That's what we've been trying to say. Now, Maybe after two generations worth, it'll start actually catching on here. So I, we said in our very first episode that shitting on other generations is just, a, that's just an American pastime. I think it's like more of a human pastime. I think the generations have always said that the younger generation and that there's always been resentment across I'm the wrong. Gen Z's weird. But yeah, but you know what, man? As somebody who is, but as far as I'm, our struggles, I think that we're gonna find a commonality in the shit we gotta pick up and the pieces that we gotta put back together. Yeah, I listen. I don't disagree. I think that I mean, first of all, these generational distinctions are, in a way, dumb. The difference between a thirty-one-year-old and a twenty-eight-year-old is gonna be very marginal. It's just the fact that one happens to be a millennial, and one happens to be a, be a Gen Xer, right? Let me but, think on it more, and I'm sure I'll have more to say, but carry on. Okay. So one of the pastimes and one of the political footballs that occur, and the thing I hear a lot of older people talking about and younger people talking about is, when should you actually move out of the basement? When you come home from college, should you live with your parents, or should you do this thing where you go out into the world, you've got your degree, should you go out into the world and start renting, 
making your own mark, whatever a cliche, pull yourself by your bootstraps, whatever. I'm in a minority that says, I think it's ridiculous that 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds are asked to go out and start renting homes. I don't think it's financially feasible. I don't think it's viable from uh, an economic standpoint. And I tell older people who are like their 50s and 60s and 70s where they're like, and I know 50-year-olds are going to be like, I'm not old, but it's it, for the sake of our conversation, bear with me. <laughs> Did you hear that, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. You can either pay for your kids when they're 21, 22, 23, or you can pay for them when they need financial assistance because they've been they're hemorrhaging cash into rent with no re re uh, return on investment whatsoever. There is none. There's a lot of people who talk about renting your house and, and investing, and, and that's like a whole other side of a strategy. But I make the argument that a person only has one chance at like launching into their life from a wealth standpoint, from a health standpoint, and from a relationship standpoint. We just got done talking about relationships. To so say like somebody stays in the house from 22, 23, 24. So then what do you think the age should be that being at home with mommy and daddy is a little bit much? Well, I think it logistically, I think, I think it's on a case by case basis. Like if a person's going to med school and they're, they're, they're onboarding $400,000 worth of debt, like there's no reason that person should be out renting as well, unless they're in another city and residency doing something where they they can't have that support system. But let's say, so we're in Philadelphia, right? If somebody lives just outside the city, somebody's in residency at University of Pennsylvania, I have no problem with that person until they're 27, 28, if they're comfortable living there and their parents don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. What do we care? They've got a boatload of bills and frankly depressed wages when they first become a doctor and debt waiting for them. And like, why would you then also ask them to go spend $2,000 a month on rent and they got to buy their own food and everything like that. And listen, I have no problem with a, a parent charging like a small rent or saying you got to get your own. Like my Here's my take on that. That did happen to me. And I was not as fortunate to be able to have an option to not rent. My living conditions were not great and not favorable. So I did get out on my own when I was 17. But for a short time, I did stay with a family member who charged me rent. And I was working part time and I thought it was a little ridiculous that she was charging me rent because I was freshly 18 years old. So here's how I think it should be handled. So if you are going to be somebody who is charging your son, daughter, niece, nephew, whatever they may be and stay in your house and you do want to get a rent from them, I think that you should keep all of that money. Don't spend it on yourself, but put it into a fund for them for when they are ready to go buy a house. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that and I think great idea. And I want to be very clear. I am not talking about failure to launch like men who are like playing video games and working at right. like there as a cashier. There has to be a plan. There has yeah. to be a plan. And like, so my point is, is that I think there's not enough conversations going on with parents and their kids about putting that plan together and understanding that like, listen, if this person is working full time, they're not going to be home that much. And they're not good. But if they're loafing around and not doing shit all day, that's totally different. And maybe sometimes kicking them out of the house and like go see get, how hard the world see is. How go hard see how world. hard it is yeah. to save money. And cash flow. Or your just life. like pissing their money away every month. Like, oh, well, I don't have to pay a rent. So I have all of this money instead of. And, actually and that could be. I'm talking about responsible adults and just basically the, the, the parents and the kids who are organized and they want to put together a plan. And I see a lot of people that are like 27, 28, they have no savings 
and they've been living on their own for four or five years, I want to make the case that strategically and economically, it's better for that person to just stay home and forget what your neighbors say or your friends say. I'm talking to the parents. There's this whole thing about like bootstraps and the older, older, older generation is always shit on the younger generation being like, I made it, so now you have to make it. And it's like, the world's a little different, man. The world's a little more expensive. Listen, are- I could take that take. Like I said, I've been out, out of the house and on my own since I was 17. I, I started paying to rent when I was 19. I got my own apartment, but I've been paying for my housing since I was 19 years old. And it did teach me a ton of independence. It did teach me how to have to manage my finances mm-hmm. and it taught me a lot about having to be like I've always was hyper independent but even more hyper independent hold on a this was also at a different time so this was also back in like 2009 2010 2011 where cost of living was a little bit lower than it is now Mm -hmm. uh the cost for rent was a lot lower than it is now Mm -hmm. my first apartment I'm gonna piss so many people off it was like I paid for my half. I paid six hundred or like six fifty a month yeah. for a two bedroom, two bathroom apartment. Dude, dude, my wife and I rented an entire house for nine hundred fifty dollars in Lafayette Hill in twenty oh eight. Twenty oh eight. Two thousand eight. There you go. <laughs> right. So I can say I did this. So like, why can't you? That I think is the boomer way of saying it. Yeah. Because I can also admit to the fact that like it was cheaper for me to do that at the time. And it would have been a hell of a lot easier if I didn't have to. Like I was also really stressed. I lost myself a lot during that time. I was too busy having to like hustle and work hard and make that extra money. And I was exhausting myself. And it was just really just surviving to get through versus being able to sit down and actually have a smart strategic financial plan to get me like into a home. I mean, I did. I made it happen. But... What I did and what how I got it was not what people are facing right now. And, and it's also not typical. I mean, you 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 didn't do you didn't take the traditional approach no. to, to it. And, to anything. And, and listen, you got thrown <laughs> in the deep end of the, po- the pond, but you just got done saying you were and stressed. And I did it. It would have been a lot easier if I didn't have to. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. And like I and listen, I realize there are some some parents who don't have the means to support their kid past you know the age of eighteen. Because I think where this could go wrong too, though, is like if somebody is just stay like parents let their kids just stay at home, and it just for me it just gets too comfortable. Because then also imagine that somebody has been staying at home all this time, that sticker shock has got to be so much stronger. If there's a plan, it's less so. Because it's like, listen, I'm going to let you stay here for the next four or five years, but you're going to save your money. And we're going to talk to somebody now, and I'm going to show you how expensive it is to buy a house. You're not going to pay someone else's mortgage for five years and stress yourself out. I'm going to let you stack your cash here. And then we're going to go out and make a good investment for you. So your payment's not through the roof. There's such a lack of financial know-how in this country. It doesn't surprise me that this is a problem. I think that there are a lot of people out there. They're just checking boxes. It's like, okay, you got through high school. Now it's time to go to college. You go to college. Okay, now I, you know, this is what I did in 1995. I moved out. And, and not acknowledging my... that times have changed and things yeah. are different. And so does the path and the direction that people are going in. Yeah. Don't even get me started on how the people just have no option or it's not even presented to them to like do like Votex stuff or to do just like go be an HVAC technician. We need more. Yeah, like, well, like, listen, <laughs> listen roofer, go, occupation, go construction. I think one of the biggest rackets in this country is college. I really do. It is a cash grab. It is a way for a lot of loans to be issued. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe there is an effort to send that message that you should get a college education to, and going into debt, 
It's killing people's chances of getting a house too. Over plenty of people who want to buy a house come to me, put, they go through the process, get in touch with the lender, lender comes back and says, everything looks great except your debt to income ratio is just, it's too high. You yeah. could barely qualify because of your student loan debt. Yeah. And it's like- and, and we haven't even talked about that. Like maybe you take that 22 to 25 year and crush that debt and maybe try to pay off those like small loans that you have maybe for your education. But being able to retire that debt would then well, put yourself I, in a better position. But you can't do it while you're renting. That's what I was going to say, though, is like, hard. I think that this will start becoming a little bit more and more normal as like time goes on because of all these like issues that have been going on. But I think where it can go wrong is where that when there's not going to be any plan in place. It's one thing to say, stay at home and save some money, period. And then it stops there. But people have no idea like how to save the money, what they're saving it mm -hmm. for, in what amount of time, how much they need. Yeah. They have the right idea of I'm going to stay home and save up my money. But there is that's it. And that's where it stops. Oh, and yeah. I think that's where a problem is going to start. I had a buyer who was 25 years old and his parent. And I said, oh, it's like, man, you got all this cash. He said, yeah, because when I was 19, my father had me talk to a lender and he showed me exactly what it was going to take to buy a house. Oh my God, that's so cool. That's so smart. But guess what? The kid lived at home. He was making until he was 25 and then we found him a house. And he knew how much it was going to cost. He knew what the costs were involved. Talk about there's no such thing as too soon, but there is such thing as too late. You're talking six years ahead of time. We're not even talking months or even like 12 months. And, and during that time, he was able to take care of some of his student loan debt. Like I said, there's such a lack of financial literacy in this country. I just was watching this Instagram post from Rachel Cruz, who's highly affiliated with Dave Ramsey. I think it was like 50% of people who make one hundred fifty to $200,000 a year are literally living paycheck to paycheck and it's not because it's not enough money it's because they just don't know how to manage their money so like you're thinking about somebody who makes $175,000 who's living paycheck to paycheck how the hell is that person going to be like okay I'm a disaster financially but this is what you're going to do son <laughs> or daughter and so it, it makes sense I also believe that financial literacy is going to make a big comeback with millennials and gen z and I've always said that the, the party is going to stop with college when millennials have to start sending their kids to college <laughs> or like younger Gen Zers, people who started to really feel the crunch in like the late 90s to early 2000s. And now like college is just so expensive. Oh my God, I get into such a rant on college. You can ask any of my old kids from my old job. <laughs> it would be a uh, gen after dark once the doors were closed and locked where I would just go on tangents to them about how, cause there's so much pressure on them to like, they're getting ready yeah. for the SATs and having to apply to colleges. And I was like, college is a scam. And I was like, people don't tell you like what else you can do with the time. And plus things that take four years and then to be told that it might take another four years after that. Oh my God. Two of them is like, okay, I want to be a doctor. But first, you have to take a yoga class. You have to do some like phys ed or English 100 where it's stuff that I learned in 10th grade English class. Well, listen, like, if you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, engineer that's highly specialized, go to college. Please do. Go I'm to college. I'm not saying that. I don't that. want some bro doing heart surgery on me. But like an accountant. An accountant should probably no, go to college. I'm not saying they shouldn't go to college. I'm saying there are certain classes that are prolonging the amount of time, the amount of money you're hemorrhaging. Yeah, that's their first world problems. I'm talking about the person who like wants to go into sales. They end up going getting a history degree and they become cooks. 
they you know they, they get majors. psychology degrees and they become construction workers. There's a lot of parents out there who don't clearly communicate with their kid. Like you're gonna go borrow all this money, and I know that's where like your buddies are going, or it's where you've always wanted to go. You know, or take the and, community college. Go, 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 go to, to a community co- college for go, to, go to find out what college. you don't want to do. Don't make it so expensive to find out what you don't want to do. Yeah, because you also shouldn't have the pressure at 17, 18 years old to know exactly what you want to do with the rest of your life. Here's a little fun fact. Most 37 year olds don't know what they want to do with the rest of their life. Most people are unhappy with what they do. So the idea of asking a 17 or 18 year old what they want to do is complete, unless they're like absolutely passionate about and something that. and that's great, but that's not, that's like the Jenna Nusky version of knowing you know, like with like home buying where like you were able to rent for all those years and you ended up buying anyway. Like it's hard to do what you did. You should be proud. Thank you. I am. But at the end, being you, impulsive also being impulsive <laughs> and, and be impatient another for another time. But I still very firmly believe that the younger Xers and millennials will start this trend where they're going to be like Johnny and, and Susie are not going to the college. They are not doing this for thing because a lot of times by the time those parents are sending their kids to college, they are still paying off their own debt. And so they're going to be like, I'm not putting my child through mm-hmm. that. And so whether you want to go to college or not is totally your business. I would just implore, have a plan. Yeah. Or have a couple of options you want to go for. So like my father gave me great advice. He said, I don't care what you go to college for. If it's not in business, you're going to minor in it. And if you're not in some forward-facing business minor, you are going to take public speaking classes. He said, you have to know how to actually talk to people in order to have options. And it was great advice. But the same thing goes for buying a house. If you want to buy a house before the age of 30, you absolutely must have a plan unless you're receiving an inheritance or you're making gobs and gobs of money where you don't have to plan. Or you had college paid for by your parents or some other kind of fund. Getting out ahead of this is very important. And I do strongly believe that a reversion from this like fierce independent American ideology of everyone gets a house, everyone stays in, a, in their own house, grandma's got her house, the kids have, and then the grandkids have their own house is nonsense. And as things become more expensive, it is going to be harder for everyone to afford all these houses. I was just going to say that I think as time goes on, it's going to get harder and it's harder gonna get for harder. millennials and the Gen Z to buy houses. No, but I think it's going to get harder and harder for these three generations to be in separate houses. Hmm. Like we were already seeing it was seniors moving back with their kids because they can't afford that they're too young to go into assisted living or they're not sick enough to go. They're in good health, but they just can't afford to take care of this whole house on Social Security. That has already happened. But I feel that there's way too much pressure for young people to get out Mm -hmm. of the house. And like go and like make because your bones. Because it's what you should do. What you should do. Now listen, you live in Cincinnati and your daughter goes to NYU and gets an apprenticeship on Broadway. That's totally different. Yeah, she's going to have to live in a shoebox for, for as long as it takes. That's different. But have a plan. But have a plan. And also, if you live in Cincinnati and you go to Ohio State and you have no idea what you want to do and you don't know where you want to work, come home. Regroup. Create a plan. Do what I did. Just live vicariously through your friends at their colleges when they have to go to class and you don't. You don't use do their that. meal plans and their friends' meal plans. Don't do that. Trust me, I mastered don't, this one. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. No, but I, I, I just want to. I, 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 I don't want. I don't want to be a dead horse. But I want to get on here and just really assure the younger listeners here: if you're really nervous about going out into the marketplace and not sure how you can afford, have that conversation with your parents. And talk to them about, hey, I got a plan. I could pay you like a small rent, 
But the reason I want to stay here is because of X. I want to be able to buy a house in four years. I've already talked to a lender or I've, I want to talk to a lender. I want to get set up because I don't want to be poor as shit at 27 and nowhere. I want to have a plan. And I think most parents, as long as you have a pretty constructive relationship, would listen to that. Probably be pretty impressed mm-hmm. too. So that's my spiel. Okay. It was a good spiel. Yeah. It's a good spiel. I like, I like, I like this one. This All good. Right. I'm glad you got that off your chest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, tune in next time. But for today, that's it. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Millennia. For more information or to connect with us directly, you can always get a hold of us on Instagram at Millennia Podcast, double L, double N, or through each of our pages at Januski Gets It Done or at Ask Seth Anything. Until next time, keep moving up. Later.